it is I, your host, Dharma, also known as The Entertainer, and welcome my guys, gals, and non-binary pals, also known as The Magic Pants Collective. Yes, that's what I'm calling it, because we are fun here, because rainbows are amazing. Now, bring your rainbow butts over here, because we are talking about write what you want to read, draw what you want to see. Here we talk about professional writing and professional digital art, all the tips, tricks, what not to do's, and everything in between about these two creative subjects. And we also talk about a few other things here as well, including, you know, business and how I'm doing personally, and my thoughts just on all sorts of different things and cool stuff. So welcome, and I hope you join the Magic Pants Collective today. Rainbows out! Hello, it is I, Dharma, also known as the Entertainer, also known as your Pride Queen, and welcome back again today, folks. And I'm sorry if I sound stuffed up today here in Virginia. There's been a sudden cold snap, and my body's like, no. So, you know, there's that. Um, I'm very sorry about it, but I'd rather give you something than nothing. So today we're going to be doing a trope talk about the danger of heroes. And um, how they somehow keep making more villains. So, let's go ahead and get into this. So, first off, I want to thank uh, TVTropes.com for being a wonderful writing resource. Um, they haven't sponsored me. It's just that they were the inspiration for today's episode of My Dearest Podcast. Um, also, if you hear some light snoring or snoozing in the background, that's my cat. Um, he's here with me as well, all cuddled up. So, yeah. So, like I said, today's trope talk is about the danger of heroes and how they somehow keep making more villains. And um, this is kind of, as TV Tropes calls it, this is the superhero paradox. Um where a superhero comes in, fights the bad guys, and ends up making more bad guys somehow. Now, you see, this is something that happens not necessarily because of any sort of in-universe reason, but because of the out-of-universe reason between the author and the audience. Um, you see, what normally happens is an author creates a story about a character or even a set of characters that fights bad guys, whether it be um, a medieval evil king or a modern-day capitalist or whatever it is um, that they're fighting. Although usually this is more commonly seen in superhero versus supervillain stories. Um, Especially in those cases, what happens is, is the heroes defeat the initial villain or lineup of villains if the writer decides it's going to be a series right out the gate. And then the audience wants more. They want more out of these villains, more out of this story. So, because all of the other villains that the heroes have fought up to this point have either been killed or imprisoned, um, there's one of two ways that this can go. In the, um, in the state that the villains have been killed, um, you're gonna put them in quotation marks here, one of two things can happen. Um, uh, first off, we either introduce new villains, which, um, is usually what many people go with, um, but another one that a lot of people tend to go with, especially nowadays, is the villain wasn't really dead trope. 
Now this is what I haven't talked about in detail before, but it's basically where the heroes are all like, Phew, we just, we just barely defeated that villain. Oh, golly, gosh darn, I'm so glad the villain's dead. And then either a movie later or a season later, or even right away the villain rises up from the ashes and is all like, Hey, I'm not dead, yo. And goes on to fight the heroes some more. Maybe not right away, but at some point. Um... Now, this is usually how it goes for villains that are killed off. And the reason why you might want to bring your villains back from the ashes is because villains can be just as lovable as heroes. A lot of people love bad boys and bad girls out there in the world, so it obviously makes sense that these type of characters turn into villains, or any type of characters, really, would be a hot commodity for the fandom. Um, oftentimes the fans love the villains more than the actual heroes, which I find to be both hilarious and very true. So, um, when it comes to certain villains, especially lovable ones, um, oftentimes the audience wants them to live as badly as they want the heroes to, and for them to just keep fighting each other into infinity. A lot of people would be good with that. But, of course, you know, there are others that need shakeups, and, you know, having more than just one villain for your heroes to fight is always good. And, um, if you go with the other approach of the villain having been, um, imprisoned, um, instead, or having gone into hiding, um, there's a lot you can do over there as well. Um, it opens up for your villain to later on be killed, but it also opens up for new villains to come in in the big bad's absence. Maybe there's a power vacuum in the supervillain world and somebody rises to claim it, which can also lead to the old villain teaming up with the heroes in order to get their place of villainy back once they come out of hiding. Um... Imprisonment could also lead to a villain's side story or something of that nature. Um, typically, villains don't get better in prison, um, but, you know, you could have a fun little side plot where the villain escapes, which is always fun to have. Um, there's a lot you can do with this. Like I said, you can bring- it's just like killing off the villain, except- Everybody knows that the villain isn't dead. That's the main difference between the two. Is one, everyone thinks the villain's dead, and the other, people don't. But anyways, so that's how it goes. So the hero ends up defeating the villain. Now, usually, no matter what, new villains will come along unless the show is cancelled. But if it's not, which in most cases nowadays, with the big hits such as Marvel and... Hopefully DC will come back like a phoenix from the ashes, although don't count on it. Um, people are baiting their breath for these heroes and their stories. And because of this paradox existing outside of this world, um, you know, the heroes have to keep um, fighting more and more villains, and old ones as well. Usually there's a cast of villains that we just go through, not usually a new one added every comic book. But there's also in-universe explanations for this as well that could be made. Like, for example, um, somebody coming out to challenge the heroes, thinking, well, if that old villain couldn't do it, maybe they just weren't strong enough. I have dot-da-da powers, I could take them down. 
Or, yet again, it could be for that power vacuum reason. The old villain being defeated or imprisoned um, allows for new villains to take up the mantle. Um, or maybe the, all of these villain, villains always existed and the heroes have found themselves exposed to the criminal underground and found themselves as the hot targets for it. Um, or, seeing it yet again from, the, from more of the hero's side, maybe they're hunting down any rogue followers of the villains. Um, because you gotta remember, villains in a lot of stories tend to have armies, or at the very least, agents. No man can take down an empire alone. So, usually there will be followers of these villains, no matter if they're new villains, old villains, or even side villains usually have their own, um, their own leadership, um, commanders, things like that, or just an army. So, these are things to keep in mind as well, as the heroes, uh, one of these minions of the old or new villains could rise up to become a full-blown villain themselves. Finally, out from their master's thumb and able to commit the um, villainy that either their master couldn't or wouldn't. Um, you know, making for an even bigger bad guy. And this also usually leads to the escalation of um, the stakes as well. Because, um, for example, like we said before, a supervillain versus a superhero. Okay, superhero defeats the supervillain. What's next? Well, maybe you'll want to bring in something otherworldly, something very unfamiliar. Um, now we have our superhero fighting, um, fighting androids, maybe. You know, the supervillain was all made of flesh and everything. Well, why not have unfeeling robots? Okay, now they've defeated the robots. Why not aliens, you know, with their... Um, claws and long teeth that were made for hunting and things like that. Okay, now, they, now they've defeated the aliens. How about they defeat, um, how about they f defeat a raging demigod? The, a pantheon of gods? The universe itself? <laughs> um, but with all jokes aside here, this is usually how it begins to escalate. And no better is this scene, well, I guess it could be better seen in other things, but no better is it seen in my experience than in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We start off with something basic, spoilers here, we start off with HYDRA, the evil super spy organization, having infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D., the good, um, the good, um, super spy organization, and having infiltrated and successfully supplanted themselves as a part of S.H.I.E.L.D., and, of course, that all comes crumbling down when our heroes finally connect the dots. So, oh, sorry for the voice crack there. So, after that, then we go on to Season 2, where we end up finding, um, you know, um, where we, um, oh goodness, I forget what happens in Season 2. But... Either way, from then onwards, it keeps escalating and escalating. For example, I may not remember exactly how it goes, but we go from infiltration to 
a alien blood turning people into superhumans to a superhuman sanctuary where it turns out the mother of one of the characters is running it and whoopsie daisy she's actually crazy a crazy murderer to be exact and then we come to um an alien parasite on another planet that you can only access using an ancient rock then we go into time travel where we're traveling through time because two of the characters had a baby in the future but now have to come back to the past to save it and then we have the grandchildren and all of these different things all coming together to be one craziness I think one of a few of, I think one of the reasons why Agents of Shield had to eventually stop is because they were doing things um they were defeating people um they were defeating people worse than Thanos at that point like <laughs> they had to stop they had to draw the line also there were evil androids clones somewhere in there um but yeah, they. I think one of the reasons why they had to end Agents of Shield was because at some point they were they started defeating threats worse than Thanos, and they didn't get even a thank you. To not even Chris Evans made a vague appearance on the show, and yet it was so good and escalated so much. But um, yeah. So I think that's uh. Yeah, yet again, I highly advocate for watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's pretty cheesy for a few episodes, but that's because they were finding their footing. Um, but after that, it actually gets really good. And I honestly really enjoy it. Especially the contrast between the first season and the later seasons. You can definitely tell the first season was taken to establish what they were supposed to be doing as their plucky crew. And the later seasons show what actually happens. <laughs> but yeah, I personally really enjoy it and I think it shows these um, superhero paradox very well. So, yeah. Um, if you would like to hear or see or, I, I, I don't know, buy, buy stuff from me, then, um, or more stuff from me, I should say, then go ahead and check out the links in the podcast episode description down below. Um, the first one, I believe, is to my YouTube channel, um, Hordes and Halos. The second one is... Oh my goodness, um, is to, I want to say my Redbubble, um, and I believe the third one is to my course, The Secrets to Digital Art with Procreate, and, um, be on the lookout in the future, cause I'm currently working on an Instagram account, I'm not quite sure what posts I'll be making just yet, but, um, do hang in there, I'm gonna have Instagram, so yeah. I'll be seeing you all later, and on to the next one.